Often we lay the blame at the feet of the younger generation. Look at those millennials or look at those young people. In our day, we only, and I'm turning into one of those guys, the the grumpy old guys with the waggly finger, you know the ones. Well, today I've had my mind changed. The young people aren't useless. They've actually got some great insight and some fantastic observations on life, as my guest today shows. She's quite young, but quite mature. So stay tuned, have a listen to some of her things and why she loves to tell the world to stick it. Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Get More Success Show, and I'm thrilled today to have someone who's, oh, makes me feel old, very young, and she's telling young people, actually, she's showing young people how to say, stick it. Please welcome to the show the founder of Stick It, Lindsay Lee Hobson. Lindsay Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Is it Lindsay or Lindsay Lee or Lindsay Lee Hobson or LLH? What would you prefer? (laughs) Look, or you can go LL. Lindsay's fine. That'll okay, do. cool. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, I'm going to start this as I start with every episode, and that is by asking you the question, how do you define success? When I saw that question, I was like, all right, so success is building a life in alignment of who you are. And I went, girl, that is the most beige answer I have ever heard in my life. What is your real answer? And I went, Do you know what? It's controversial because people don't like this word, but it's my genuine answer. Success for me is power. And what that means to me is taking ownership of your life, of your results, of your mind. And that's true success because if you do that, you can have whatever you want. Yeah, superb. Um, And then I have to approach this because I've spoken with uh, many different people from all walks of life on the show. And usually they're a bit older and they've seen more of life. Being the young whippersnapper that you are, what um what's been your experience like do younger people because this is the thing your focus is young people in the work that you're doing with them do they have an idea of what success is are they old enough to understand it are they do they know how to take their own power what's been your experience with the youth of today yeah absolutely and it's a good question and it's something i get asked a lot because people like so how can you coach someone when you're young you know what life experience do you have and the next thing is when they hear about my audience they go well, what do they really know? But the thing is, we can all relate to this point in time. And pretty much everyone I say this to has that, oh, yeah, right. There was a moment growing up when you had to decide what you wanted to do with the rest of your life. What do you do during those times? How do you actually come to terms with who you are as a person and what you want to do next? And the thing with the millennial generation is we all have this incredible burning desire to make a difference in the world, but not necessarily the life skills or the knowledge about who we are and our own boundaries and the consequences of our actions to go out and make that happen. So we end up doing a lot of nothing because we're scared if we do something and it doesn't work, we'll, we'll feel like we've let our parents down or people will be disappointed in us. So we end up just sitting in our little bubble because we haven't gone out as kids, you know, and ridden bikes and broken bones and taken all those risks that help us develop. We didn't do that in our generation because that wasn't the standard. That wasn't the norm. It wasn't the life that we had, which is completely okay. But as a result, we don't have those cons- that knowledge of consequence of action, knowledge of self, knowledge of boundaries. And so now we've got to go out and find a way to make that happen for ourselves. 
So how do you do that? How do you, with the people that you're working with, how do you show them or get them to understand consequences, risk, um, risk mitigation, that kind of stuff? Because as you've indicated, the and it's it's not their fault. It's their parents were helicopters and cotton woolers, and so they've wrapped them tightly. And now, unfortunately, the millennials are the ones who are facing the impact of the lockdown and the global pandemic in that the opportunities are less. It's harder, particularly in Australia, like trying to get a house is almost a, a, a pipe dream. So how do, you, how do they learn these, these consequences and actions and, and implications? The fundamental is no matter which way you go with it, it all starts with understanding more about who you are and then putting that into action. So what it really requires is a safe place to ask yourself those hard questions that you wouldn't first necessarily be comfortable asking out in the public in the real world. So it's almost an insular environment where we can sit and actually explore the depths of what's going on under the surface. Because the thoughts and the feelings we're aware of, no matter what age we are, are just the ones we're aware of, right? That's the point. They're hinting at what's really going on underneath. And if you don't know what that is and who's really driving your car, in essence you're driving around in life with like one and three quarters eyes shut trying to peer out like a little old person over the top of the steering wheel the more you understand about yourself the better you can move through this world and by creating a safe place for you to do that in a community where a lot of people are doing the same thing it just gives people that confidence to take that next level risk or ask that next level hard question are, are people willing to do that oh, yeah. like particularly of of you know, I've got to say, the millennials and youngers and pick a generation, like they've just been given such a bad rap, which is so ill-deserved. Um, are they willing to take the time to sit down and look at who am I? What do I want to be when I grow up? What do I stand for? Um, uh, I know now now there's a big, uh, you know, you see a whole lot of movements and the Black Lives Matter is very topical at the moment and we have a lot of people who are quite supportive of that. But are people willing to sit down and look? Yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day, we're all human. And one of the fundamental things is being listened and being heard. And when you actually take the moment to sit there and sort of look them in the eye and be like, so, hey, tell me what's going on in your world, the guts and the glory. I want to know it all. They actually open up and they really want to know, you know, about who they are, what's going on. They really genuinely do, but it's mainly driven by, like, this is all driven by the need to not only make their own unique mark in the world, you know, whatever that may be. And they might not understand what that is. I'll be honest, most of us don't. And a lot of people get to sort of 40, 50 and figure out they've done it all wrong anyway and want to start again. And that's what it is, right? So it's about making that unique mark, but it's also about doing something that makes the world proud. And so they can sit at the end of the day and fall into bed and go, I have done something with my life. I've done something with my day. And if they have the opportunity to do that through self-reflection, they always take it. Always. It's crazy. I just love the way you said, oh, once I get to 40 or 50, they'll start <laughs> again. And I'm here as a 52-year-old going, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's fantastic. And I think it's really good for that, to have a, an introspective nature from a young age to really understand who you are and what you're doing. Because I know I'm still trying to work it out. And that's been my experience is people get to the age of 60 and still looking at what do I want to be when I mm-hmm. grow up. I'm really interested in your stick it methodology or your stick it movement. Tell me more about stick it. What is it? Where did it come from? Talk to me. I think um, in essence, to be really honest, I'm the epiphany, the epitome of the rebellious teenager that never really wanted to grow up. And for me, the whole, the whole experience I've had since I was about 16 was like, no, I'm going to do life my way. 
And so that is how I kind of came up with this embodiment of it takes a moment, even if it is just a moment of absolute rebellion and no, I'm doing what I want for me to stand up and take a stand in your life and say, no, no, this is my life. I own it. I'm in charge of the results. I'm going to figure out what I want to do. And I may not have all the answers, but I want to do it. I'm going to go try. I'm going to do everything I can, even if it's just that moment. So I know I was being interviewed in America the other day on a podcast in America. And they're like, you know, and stick it here is a rude thing to say. And I went, ah, no, that is partly the point (laughs) because there's this moment and it doesn't have to necessarily be your parents or sometimes it's society. You know, you're told you have to go find a job, study, work in that for the rest of your life. And for a lot of people, especially as millennials, they can't stand that idea. So even if it's stick it to society, it's become a thing. And the whole revolution is about changing the way as millennials, we move through the world so we can make that difference. And I don't think... You know, because stick it, even in Australia, people are saying stick it to someone. It's not massively offensive, but it is challenging. But that's the principle, isn't it? Because half the time when you're saying stick it to other people, you're not saying it to them. You're actually reinforcing your own beliefs about you. Is that right? Absolutely. And when you look at, um, for example, uh, anger as an emotion, like you take that as emotion, it's about in that moment taking power back. Taking the power, it's not about the, what the action you take externally, it's in that moment you are sitting in your power. And yes, anger may not be the necessarily the most effective way, but sometimes great things come from single moments and it takes that level of ownership. So it's about embodying that the entire revolution. So what was your stick it moment? What was it for you that you just went, oh, I'm just, you know, I've just been doing, I need something more. The world can go and get stuffed, get out of my road. Here I go, stick it, everybody. What was that moment for you? Yeah, I was actually 16. So it was 12 years ago. And in the lead up to it, I um, I had a really lucky childhood, you know, very, very blessed, but I'm an only child. And when I was 11, my parents got divorced. And they sat me down and they said, hey, um, uh, we love you. This is definitely not your fault, but we're getting divorced. And all I heard out of that, you know, because that's a beautiful thing for parents to say, all I heard out of that was it could be my fault. And so the next five years, you know, divorce is never easy for anyone. And the next five years was like a series of unfortunate events. I may as well have been on the Dr. Phil show. And I just watched my family spiral out of control uh, and out of, happiness and I thought it was because of me and my anxiety was so intensely bad so intensely bad I was having panic attacks every single day I couldn't get through a full day of school I was drinking from my stepdad's bar at night just to be able to sleep like and I was 15 16 at this age and it got to the point where I went I'm out of options I'm completely out of options I can't do anything right now to make them happy I can't I'm not making me happy the only shot they have is if I remove myself out of life And that was my decision. I decided to end my own life. But before I did anything, I went to my bedroom and I started tidying it up because that's how mum liked it. I thought that's my one last thing I can do. That's my gift to you, mum. You're welcome. You know, clean bedroom and then whatever else. And I'm stuffing clothes and back into my cupboard. And I just had this one thought that changed everything for me. And the thought was, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm not making them unhappy? What if none of this has anything to do with me and my only responsibility in any of this was my choice to participate? And so within a week I'd left home and it wasn't smooth sailing. 
My anxiety didn't just go away overnight. I have completely taken my power back from it. Um, I never thought I could have a normal life because of it and because of all of that story. I thought I'd never own a car. I'd never own my own home. I'd never get married and have kids. And that one I still haven't done, but I have done the earlier and I've led the career I wanted to live and realised it was not for me. Like, it was just not for me. There's so much more out there that you can do. So much more. And that was for me that moment. It's really amazing, isn't it? The illusions that we find ourselves in that we tell ourselves and particularly particularly for younger kids who don't have the frame of reference or are still developing like let's be honest and the the brain doesn't sort of finish developing until you're in your early 20s so therefore through no fault of their own they're not prepared and unfortunately many don't don't realize how important they are to the world and they do in their own life. So good on you for, for at least acknowledging what if and taking action around that. So for you having made that decision and then got out, gone through all the, the crap that you've had to go through to get to where you are today and experience the corporate world and you know, understanding is like, I, I need to have an impact, I need to do more. What what made you want to grow this stick it model and share that with the the people that you share it with? Because even though you know I've been joking, going oh it's the millennials, you've got people in your life and that you're interested who are not just millennials. Like there's old buggers like me who are like yeah I need to tell people to stick it as well. So what how has that evolved for you? When I really embraced who I am instead of rejecting it all of the time, and you know what I am rebellious and I don't like authority, and that's okay. Why don't I use what I have to my advantage? And I thought that's the message I can help other people with. That's the gift I can give other people because that is one of the hardest things to do. And since I was 16, I've had no problem with it. So if that's something I can share, then I'm going to do that. And so Stick It just came really naturally to me. It was in, you know, I knew I wanted to do... um, I've been a coach for eight years. I had a first coaching business. It failed dramatically. You know, you learn a lot. Um, (laughs) And then I'm like, you know what? It's time to get back in it. Speaking is what I want to do. Professional speaking and coaching is going to be my medium to help me get there. What's this brand going to look like? And it just naturally evolved when I stopped saying to myself, no, that's not okay to be that person or people will resent you or reject you or no one's going to accept you, you know, or your family won't love you if you are really who you are. You know, all of these things. If I went, you know what, this is what I do best, which is just reject authority. These things are being authoritative over me. So I'm going to embrace that and stick. It just naturally came out. It was a natural expression and it's been around for about nine months now and it's grown hugely in that time. And there's still a lot of work to be done, but we're definitely getting there. That's superb. Uh, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? That whole again, it's the illusions. They're like, oh, what if my family don't do this, and what if my friend? And it's like, I, I don't know about you. I've been in business for myself for twenty years, almost older than you are, and <laughs> my family still have no idea what I do. Like, I tell them, like, oh yeah, like my wife. I've been married to her for you know thirteen plus years, and when people say to her, so what does your husband do? She's like, he drinks a lot of coffee and and he just waffles on with people and it's a fair it's a very accurate observation <laughs> but it's it's funny how you know there's a great um there's a great line that you can never be a prophet in your own land and and it's usually the people your family or people who know you from a different frame have difficulty seeing that what about for your own perspective? Do you suffer from imposter syndrome every now and again? Or have you like, I've made the decision, I'm moving forward? Or do every now and again you fall back a bit and go, oh, what am I doing this for again? Yeah, absolutely. The thing that really majorly has 
been in my life, even just the last couple months. So if you'd asked me that question maybe three months ago, I'd be like, I haven't felt that way recently, but I've come across a scenario in the last couple months. And, you know, I feel like an imposter around other women in business. I feel like I don't fit in there. And so what I did was create a women in business discussion group and I realized I fit in just fine. So I went, I feel like, you know, you guys are all so much better than me. You're going to realize I'm a fraud. You're going to realize I'm just a kid playing in, you know, the little sandbox that I've got going on here. And I went, all right, how do I get over that? And then I think it was one week later, I ran the first one and I've had some incredible women through there and realized, you know what? The best way to overcome a challenge like that is prove it wrong or prove it right one way or the other, but aim to prove it wrong first. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Hey, so what have been some of the big stumbling blocks that you've had that you want would help for the listeners to avoid? Like what have been some of the key things you've got wrong uh, so we know not to do it wrong? Moving into Stick It, I was saying to myself that the one thing I wanted to bring this time around that I didn't have in my last business was resilience. I didn't make decisions that allowed me to be strong. I made decisions which, you know, cut down my financial runway, which didn't share who I really was, you know, wasn't actually vulnerable, didn't embrace anything, just did things that made me look like I was doing a really good job. So for all intents and purposes, from the outside looking in, it looked like I was absolutely nailing life. But the truth was, you know, I was going under $1 at a time and yeah, I was just digging myself this big hole. And so what I didn't have then, which I have now, which I would love every single person who listens to this to embrace in their own unique way because it will mean something different, is resilience. And for me, that's a mixture of flexibility and open-mindedness. It's not about strength. It's about understanding that the world is going to move no matter what you do. So your job is to bend and flex through it and find new ways to get through the crevices and through to the next section so that you can then thrive in that section. And when it moves again, you do the same thing again, but you're not stagnant. The world is constantly moving and it will move around you. You need to find a way to be flexible within it so you can overcome no matter what it presents to you. Fantastic. So what do you do to overcome when you've got to flex and you've got to do something different because the plan you had that was going to be amazing, all of a sudden the world has changed and we're all locked down and you can't do that anymore. So how how do you coach yourself or, or deal with that and be able to flex? My first strategy is something I adopted back when I was 16, which is the understanding that I don't have all the answers And if I think I do, I'm kidding myself and I'm setting myself up for failure. So if I sit and reflect for a moment when I've come up against something and there's nothing that instantly stands out to me, I'll start tapping into the things that I don't know. So other people's knowledge, Google is one of my favorites, communities on Facebook, you know, but asking questions and being courageous enough to ask questions and not saying, hey, I I don't know what I'm talking about right right now. I don't know how to overcome this. But venturing into the unknown and into the uncertainty and you may not know what you find and that's okay or what you're going to find the second thing that i always do from there is understand that there are no expectations if you are expecting a particular type of answer then you're going to be looking for that no matter what and you're not going to accept everything as equal you're going to be looking at things particular lens and yeah when you do get presented with a whole heap of options you're going to go through them absolutely and filter them all through but if you're sitting there with expectations about what should happen next even though you you're venturing into unknown territory those two things don't go together so you have to be open-minded enough to be able to say okay so i have no idea what i'm going to find no idea what i'm going to need as a result and that's okay 
I'm going to venture into this, be brave enough to do it and put my hand up if I start to drown. <laughs> so venturing forward from here on in, what's next for you and Stick It? Like what, what are your plans uh, moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So Stick It is just about to go through its own evolution. So at the moment, it's um, got the online program, it's got the community, but it's time to take that to the next level. So the program's going to look a little bit different, which is really exciting. It's already a global thing. It's I've been working with people in Pakistan, in America, in the UK, it's already global. Um, so for me, COVID didn't affect it that way. That had almost no impact for me. What changed was the conversations and the tonality around them. The underlying everything was the same. It's just the hat that they all wore was COVID instead of my family or depression. Yeah, yeah. So the evolution of it is going to be empowering it to grow to that next level and help people on that next level because overall Stick It For Me is a vehicle to help me get to that professional speaking stage, you know, in my heart and soul, I am a motivational speaker. I am an inspirational speaker. And so everything I do between now and then is building that foundation to get me there. So the next um, package and the way it's going to look, it'll still be similar, but it's going to be full, uh, fully almost injected with extra good stuff and more speaking and more um, face-to-face stuff, even if that is on Zoom these days, you know, more of those sorts of goodies so that the next evolution after that can be one that's really face-to-face on stage. Yeah, cool. Hey, um, so with everything that you're doing, obviously it takes a lot of energy, drive, desire, you know, get up and go kind of stuff. And so as the motivator, what motivates you? What is it that inspires you and what is it that you'd reach for on those days? You know, we all have those days, you know, the ones where you're like, oh, God, pass me the chocolate. <laughs> so what do, you, what, do you, what do you reach for when you have those days? I think self-care is incredibly important. So I'm really big um, on yoga. I do about 30 minutes of yoga most days. Um, but I really understand the importance of nurturing your insides so you can nurture somebody else's insides because you can't plant a garden anywhere if you don't have the right fertilizer, you know. So it's really important that you're not full, that you are actually full of good stuff and you can uh, help people to do that. So I'm a yogi. I am very philosophical. I, I very much enjoy deeply thinking about things. So any new topic that I've never heard of before, that will really energize me. And the last thing is that exchange of energy with someone when you've actually seen them have that aha moment. So just through working and stick it, it actually energizes me to go out, do more, be more, because you're watching people transform their lives. And a lot of the time, these guys are doing things that I've never done in my life. Like everyone's got their own unique story, you know, so everyone's different. And that inspires me to go out and try something I haven't done as well. Because adventure, I think, is what life is all about. Hey, so what are the three things you wish in you earlier like in running your business and in your life experiences what are, what are the three things that you just like you know if only I had known or done this earlier yeah the resilience one is massive one if I had known that I would probably still be in that business I'd be a really fun shade of beige but that's okay it would still be going um I wish I have I had embraced who I was one of the massive things I didn't do in my first business and didn't do in my life at all actually was embrace who I am and be honest about the story I'd been through. Like that story I just shared with everyone today from being 16 years old, a couple people in my life knew that up until I started Stick It. So up until nine months ago, there was only a very few people. I don't even know if my parents knew that. That's how like nuclear this was. So by not embracing that and having that level of vulnerability, I was in essence blocking out a large chunk of the world, which stops opportunities from flowing. And as soon as I did that, 
as soon as I embraced that aspect of me, suddenly all these opportunities, speaking opportunities came out the, came through the door. I was like, how does this even happen? And then the third thing I think is really important. You actually ask questions because so many people sit, you know, when they sit behind their little computer, especially as millennials, but I know a lot of us do it too, sit behind our technology and go, dear Dr. Google, am I dying? Instead of actually getting a real answer from someone who might know it. So that for me was a massive mistake I made before. And that's something I wish I had done and something I'm definitely doing now. And for those of you who are listening, if ever you ask Dr. Google, am I dying? The answer is always, oh, yes, and in hideous and horrible ways, even though you're not, but that's what they say. Hey, thank you so much for your time joining us today. It's been great chatting with you. Um, if people want to find out more about you and what you're doing with Stick It, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, lindsayleehobson.com is my website. I'm super active on Facebook. There's a Facebook group they can join as well. So you just look up Lindsay Lee Hobson and I will be all over it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been awesome chatting with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic. Absolute pleasure. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Mary. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and until next time, enjoy your success. <laughs>